You are listening to the Death of a Dream podcast with Hannah Nuss, your host, the extraordinaire. So most of the times we're going to be talking about your dreams and how you're chasing them down and what you're doing to go after them. And we're going to talk about this entire journey. So like everything from not feeling like you're worth it to who knows what you're up against, right? And hopefully we hit it and we discover it together. Um, If you found this podcast and you don't know how to connect with me or with the show and all the things that we're doing, um, head on over to Facebook. We have a group. If you're like really in and want to be um, someone who can have a say in how the content comes to life. There is an expert group, the Death of a Dream Reborn, and that group really is responsible for helping to contribute to the content and to come up with what this looks like and what we cover. But sometimes I'm going to just talk about random stories and I don't know how it will connect, but I promise you it will all make sense when you get on the other side of this half hour. You'll be going, huh, we really chased a lot of squirrels in that, but I see how this all came together. So anyways, the other night, I've been working on my studio here and making it um, production ready to start shooting some videos and to start adding more content to what we're already producing. So one of my friends actually came over and helped me bring my vision to life. And (laughs) she inspired me to do things for myself, to fix things myself, to figure out how to do things that I didn't think I was capable of doing, right? Things that I might have sent out before to be fixed. And one of those things, and this is going to seem so simple and you're going to go, wow, that's dumb. Um, (laughs) But one of those things was my comforter, all of the buttons had popped off. So I'm feeling inspired after working with my friend who finds ways to make things from her vision. Like she doesn't have plans. She doesn't have necessarily an outline. She sees what she wants to do and makes her own plans. And um, she was instrumental in bringing my vision of what my studio would look like. And so, (laughs) and really, as she taught me along the way, um, we just kind of guessed and figured things out together. And that's how she brings a lot of her things to life, kind of guess and figure it out as she goes. So, um, so she inspired me to go and fix my comforter. So I bought some buttons and some thread. And this definitely is something that I'm qualified to do. I might actually be overly qualified because I um, actually, <clears throat> sorry, I'm going to go ahead and adjust my crown here. I actually was the home ec student of the year in 2007 at my high school. So I'm just saying girl can sew on a button. Um, But the funnier story (laughs) to that (laughs) is that my home ec teacher, who was amazing, um, was a little flighty sometimes. And I remember, (laughs) like, I made pillows 
for my bedroom, which was a large undertaking. Do not kid yourself. But that was my senior project in my home ec class. And I just had enough um, credits by my senior year. And so I just needed to boost my GPA because I didn't think that school was all that important. Neither were GPAs um, because I just liked sports. And I decided that I wanted to boost my GPA. So I took a bunch of just courses that could do that, that I just kind of had to show up and put in minimal effort and do it. So I made my senior project was making pillows for my bedroom. Um, (laughs) So as my teacher is standing up on stage and she's announcing the 2007 Home Ec Student of the Year. She calls my name. And then as I'm walking up, she's like, this student, Hannah, she went above and beyond. She sewed her own prom dress. And I'm like looking around like, uh, uh, uh-uh. I had like a jewel-encrusted, beautiful, orange, bounteous gown. It definitely was not something that I sewed myself. I have no idea where she got that. There wasn't a person in my class that actually sewed their own prom dress. I have not the slightest clue why that was assigned to me. Um, but just so you know where my resume lies, girl can sew a button. I was the home ex student of the year. I actually didn't qualify to be the home ex student of the year. I have no idea how I won that award, but I will wear it proudly. So I'm sewing on these buttons and I'm feeling really good because I'm like, you know what? I have a problem and I'm solving it. And that feels amazing. And so... (laughs) I sew on all these buttons and somewhere in there, I knock all of the needles down. And like, you know, I can't just buy one needle because that wouldn't be, what if I need 10 needles? You just never know how many things I'm going to be sewing. And I don't know if needles go dull. I suppose they do. But there was no reason that I had the amount of needles that I had to complete this project. Either way. So I knock all the needles down and they go kind of all over the carpet. And I don't have like regular carpet where you'd just be able to see all the needles. It's kind of like serrated and you couldn't really tell. And there are dark spots and there are light spots. And so it was hard. So I'm just like feeling along trying to find these needles. And I find what I can and pick them all up. And I'm feeling good. Like, oh, okay. Picked up all the needles. Good. So then (laughs) last night (laughs) we get home And everybody's upstairs and the needles kind of spilled like right in front of my studio, actually, which also holds my daughter's, my youngest daughter's closet with her clothes. So I don't even think about it because I honestly was pretty sure that I found all the needles. You know, I'm a little concerned, but for the most part, not concerned at all. I got them all. I'm good. So, of course, my husband walks by and would find the lone needle out of all of the needles that I had spilled. Like, I don't even know how it's possible. So he finds the lone needle and it barely sticks into his foot and there's this outcry of pain, discomfort, and concern for my children's lives and mine. Ah! 
A needle is sticking in my foot. Emery Baylor, stay back. This is not safe place. This is not a safe place to walk. Stay back. <laughs> Which, calm the dramatics. I get a needle stick doesn't feel good, but like, it's two seconds of your life. I think you'll live. So he's like, I'm in the shower at this point, and he's just like unleashing all of his fear for his children's lives if they walk this step in this direction. So he's like, stay back. I will protect you. And he starts combing the carpet like he's looking for a missing person up in the Appalachian Mountains. And he's like, he's focused. I mean, he's about to train our dog on how to find needles in the carpet because they might actually be, you know, be able to pick up the scent and find it more reliably than he can just with his own eyes and iPhone light. And I'm pretty sure he's about to go downstairs and start training our dog to like point in the direction of the needle or start barking when he finds it like a drug dog. And he's just like, so floored by this needle, which I get. No one wants needles in their carpet, but I'm just like, okay, the dramatic. So then <laughs> usually he'll hang his clothing for the next morning because he can't get dressed. He doesn't want to get dressed in our room. Um, usually he'll hang them on this door and he'll kind of get ready in the bathroom and in the hallway, but no more. Can he do that? He has to completely change his whole morning routine because of this needle. He cannot be confident that this space can ever be walked in again. So he's like cautioning the girls. Girls, do not go in that room. Do not even walk over there. So he's like, I mean, we're talking about probably a foot away from the bathroom path. And he's, like, escorting the girls into the bathroom to be sure that they don't even step a foot close to this needle area that's already been combed and deemed safe of all the needles, but we still can't walk there. And so I'm pretty sure that he's just going to keep <laughs> avoiding this area for, I don't know, if I had to guess, related to how we've handled situations like this in the past, he's probably going to avoid it for uh, probably the next month, right? And he could walk in and out of this path, and I could walk in and out of this path, and the girls could a hundred times, but he's not sure that it's safe here. Even though he even endured the needle stick um, and saw how how quick and kind of easy it was to get over it because they're rather thin needles. They're not like doozies of a needle that are going to impale you. Um, but he's still going to avoid it, right? And we're going <laughs> to... We're going to keep, like, keep avoiding this area until it's deemed safe. And it won't be deemed safe until... Probably a month from now would be my guess, if I had to guess, based on other things. And it's so funny because I, on this journey, I had one thing that I wrote down 
right away in the beginning. And I actually flip back to the beginning of my journal to like reground myself in where I've been and how far I've come from the day of that journal, that first journal entry of like, this is what I'm going to do in pursuit of my dreams. If I'm ignoring all of the reasons that I can't go chase down my dreams, this is what I'm going to do. So on July 17th, I wrote down 10 dreams actual dreams based on myself and not based on anyone else, based on the things that were in my heart of things that if I accomplished, I would feel like I was moving forward. And of those 10 things, the last thing on the page was own a building. And I remember writing that down and I remember being like, you can't do that. What are you even owning a building about, you idiot? Like, own a building? That's just stupid. And I probably wrote it down for about a week. And then I remember just being like, that's not a real thing. You don't even know what that means, what that would be, what's in your building, what are you doing with it? What is it? And so I avoided it. Similar to how we're now avoiding this path, the needle-strewn path that I have created in my household. (laughs) Similar to that, I remember erasing that and replacing it with something that was more comfortable. It was still something that was true to my heart, but in my mind, I couldn't explain what that meant, what that was, right? And my heart had just told me that that's something that I wanted to do. And the entire list of the 10 things were all just heart driven. If I could do anything, this is what I would do. And inclusive of that 10th thing on the list. But true to where our minds and bodies and spirits go is we tend to go to a place of safety. And the rest of the things, you know, they were leap goals and they were things that I could work on and they were tangible and I could figure out how to do them. But the the building, owning a building, I could not conceptualize how that made sense or what I was even going to do with it. And so... I took it off the list, right? I avoided that path. It was too dangerous. It didn't make sense. It couldn't happen. So I just started avoiding it. So I completely removed it from my list. And if you go through my journal entries, probably at about week one, I remove it and I replace it with something else that made more sense. That was just kind of a scapegoat dream. Um, and, And it came off. It fell off. And so today I flip back and I'm like, why did that come off? And yesterday I had this realization of like, what, what do I want to do? What am I going after? How does this all make sense? What makes sense? And, and for a while now I've been like, okay, I know that I want to do the podcast and I know that I want to do X, Y, and Z. Um, how do I turn that into something bigger? How do I move this? movement forward? How do I actually do this thing that I want to do? How do I change more people's lives, right? Because that's always been in the back of my mind as something that I want to do. And so yesterday, I just had this light bulb moment of like, oh, yeah, this is what I would do. This makes perfect sense. And I realize 
that that movement or that vision, that thing that I want to do comes with a building, having a space. And all of a sudden the like light bulb hits me that that made perfect sense. And I took it off of my list because it didn't make sense in that moment. And I think when you're chasing down your dreams, you have to trust that you will find a way. It doesn't always have to make sense, right? And so I've always talked about um, a Start Today journal and how that's so vital in my journey so far and that has helped and guided me and helped set a vision for what this looks like. Um, The other side that I think was helpful because I had a Start Today journal for a long time, the other side was kind of this journey, like breaking down where those dreams died off and, and figuring out how I rise up against those things that hold me back from from thinking that I'm capable of doing these things. So the first portion is like realizing where your pain points lie around you chasing down your own dreams. And in one of the episodes, I actually talk about my process around that, around finding those things and around um, setting yourself up to overcome those things so that you go chase this dream down Um, instead of chasing it down, having adrenaline towards that, having moments of, you know, audacity to go do this. And then once you come down from that, you back away from it. Um, So the first part of that is really finding the root to why you don't think you're good enough to dream. Um, And then the second part of that is just writing those dreams down and not the dreams that people embrace about you, the ones that you want to do that don't make sense maybe when you write them down, right? Like mine, own a building. I couldn't make sense of that and so I erased it. And yesterday I started to realize that that makes so much sense, right? It didn't make sense in the beginning. And so I avoided it. I walked around it. I took it off the list. I wouldn't even write it because in my head, I couldn't even put it all together. But you have to trust your heart and the fact that your journey is going to develop along the way. You might not have an answer for why you want to own a building or what you're going to do with it, but trust that. If it's in your heart, it will make sense. You will find a way. It will happen, right? And so I didn't even have it on my list. It really wasn't even on my radar. I had been avoiding it. Um, It was on my list the beginning of July for about a week. And then I took it off because I was just like, that's not even good. That doesn't even make sense. What are you even talking about? A building? Are you insane? Do you even know how much a building costs? Do you even know how much it costs to pay utilities? Are you crazy? Right? And all of these dreams are crazy. All of them. There's not one that I'm looking at and I'm like, huh, yup, that makes total sense right? And a lot of this journey is about that movement towards a dream that doesn't probably make sense to anyone. And why is that a good thing? Well, because 
It doesn't have to make sense to anyone. It has to make sense to you, right? And so I hadn't written it down. I I took it off the list. I, I avoided it like the needle-strewn path that my husband is sure to avoid for the next month, even though I can show him I will walk in and out with no needle, um, right? How often do we avoid things that don't make sense? And when we're talking about dreams, when we're talking about things that you want to do, typically... It's not going to make sense, right? I still want you to move forward in any direction. And all the things on your list, all the 10 things that you write down every day don't have to make sense. They don't have to make sense to your head. They have to make sense to your heart and your passion and your drive to develop this as you go will lead you back there. Writing down own a building in July didn't make any sense to me and it was still in my heart. And I now understand how that all makes sense. I get how this is all coming together and why and that there's a reason that these things... (laughs) Like, I feel like a crazy person and that's so good, right? A lot of times we avoid it because you're like, I'm pretty sure I'm insane and I wish that I had more people to talk to about the insanity because, you know, they say that it's lonely at the top. Um, I won't say that I'm at the top, but I will say that Leading fearlessly into your dreams is definitely something that pe- that make people feel uncomfortable. And having a vision for something is something that makes people feel like you're a little off your rocker, right? They don't get it. They're probably not going to until they chase down something for themselves, right? The people who are walking the normal path aren't the ones that are going to help you get to a new place. You need more people around you. And hopefully this podcast is helping support you (laughs) in that motion. But surround yourself with more people who dream big. Those are the people who are going to push you past that moment of fear and insecurity. And, you know, I've been thinking of how you curate that. How do you put all these people together? How do you better connect them? Because if people aren't pushing you past that, and trust me, the normal circle, your family, your, your work friends, your, um, anybody that you surround yourself with, the likelihood that you have surrounded yourself with the people you need to push past that discomfort is pretty low. And how do you envelop that culture? And I've talked a lot with my team um, at work about creative spaces and being creative. You have to kind of cultivate this or curate this culture of safety and security and just love for each other's ideas because it's not always going to um, 
that one idea might not always develop and become the end product, but every idea is vital in where you're going. No idea is a bad idea, right? Because that bad, terrible, horrible idea might spark something beautiful in someone else and you don't know. So you can't sit there in silence. We have to create these energies around creation. And how do you bring those people together to play off one another in creatives? How do you unite to bring beauty into this world and more of it? And how do you support each other in that momentum? How do you draw even more out of one another because you've created such a beautiful space to create in, right? And I don't know, but yesterday I start realizing that a building makes perfect sense. Totally. I totally get it. And, you know, you can tell people this and and most people are going to be like, you're insane. That doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't have to, right? That's what we've been talking about. And this is so proof that I'm just on this journey with you, right? I had written down 10 things and I knew those 10 things in my heart were so true and so beautiful. And I had written them down and one thing fell off because I couldn't make sense of it. I didn't know why my heart was calling me to do that. And I took it off because I was just like, no, this doesn't, mm -mm. nope, I can't draw clear sight lines to that. The rest of the stuff I can, I can do all of that stuff. That all makes sense. How I would do that, that makes perfect sense. This one thing doesn't, I don't get it, right? But my heart still called me to write it. It was still one of my dreams, but I couldn't even write it down because my head was going, that doesn't make sense. That's too big. I don't get it. What are you even doing? You can't write that woman. Take it off your list. Do not write things that don't make sense here, right? And the rest of the things, believe me, if you actually heard my list of things, you would go, oh, pretty sure of the 10, eight of them should come off your high right? Um, But I could make sense of the rest of those things. I could take steps forward in those directions right here in my own home. I could do those things. They made sense. I could do them. The one thing that made no sense at all was owning a building and I couldn't get my mind around it. I couldn't even get my mind around it enough to continue writing the words. I couldn't even write the words. I had to take it off of my list of dreams because it made no effing sense to me. I couldn't do it. I couldn't even let myself write it. Right? And now that it's all kind of coming full circle and it's all making sense, that one dream probably makes more sense than any of the dreams before those, right? But I couldn't wrap my head around how it made sense. So this is 
the topic today. You have to trust the things that are put in your heart as your dreams and goals. They don't have to make sense. You will make sense of them along the way. You don't know how it's all going to come together. The story isn't written. You are writing it, right? And so when you get your start today journal and you do the pre-work of like breaking down why you can't, why you don't believe that you should dream. Once you do that pre-work, you'll feel confident to actually write things down in your journal. Hopefully you won't sit um, (laughs) in the struggle bus that I did. I got my journal in probably, I don't know, spring, early spring, and it sat and I like couldn't even bring myself to open the pages because I'm like, I don't actually have any dreams. I don't know. Well, I have one dream. I have one dream left of all the dreams that I wrote for myself, right? And if you listen to the, you go back to the beginning of this podcast, you'll kind of hear my journey through that process and how I got over that limiting factor, right? There were things that were holding me back from believing that I deserve to go chase down my dreams. And you have to kind of go down that discovery. And this podcast will kind of guide you on that, um, down that discovery so you can start dreaming again, right? So you can be reborn in the fact that you deserve to dream your dreams. And so as I'm talking you through this, you writing your dreams down, they don't have to make sense. As you forge and write your own story of what this looks like, there isn't supposed to be a written path. Your heart and your calling and your dreams are there for a reason, right? And I took the one thing off of my list that didn't make any sense, right? I avoided it like the needle path, um, of death in my household, I avoided it because I couldn't make sense of it because it just seemed too dangerous and too big and too audacious. But my heart still had that dream, right? And now that I'm kind of putting all the puzzle pieces together, it makes perfect sense. But my head stopped me from writing it. And so when you're dreaming these dreams, they don't have to make sense. They don't. And as you take any steps forward in the direction of your dream, as you move forward, I want you to do the things, write the things down that move your heart and not your head. Right? I want you to do the things that you're called to do, not the ones that make any sense in the world. I want you to chase down your heart dreams, not your head ones.